0: You need to sit down and be brothers. You need to go through the goods, the bads. You need to know that person beside you like the back of your hand. And and when you do, you're unstoppable.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Down Under Paintball. This week is episode 21, and we're sitting down with Elmo Sheehan. As you'll get to know in this episode, Elmo's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in paintball. If you've ever had a chance to meet him in person, He's one that's always up for a chat and always keen to help out anyone that's out on the paintball field. It was surprising to me from this episode just how long Elmer's career had spanned, how early he got into the sport. So he's seen it all from back in the early mechanical days through to the current generation of paintball guns. So before we get rolling on this episode, once again just want to say a massive shout out to all the patrons over on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support behind the scenes. You guys make it all work. If you want to support the show you can directly just search out patreon.com slash du paintball and with that we're going to jump straight into this episode of down under paintball okay i need to find paintball again if that's the kind of commitment you're going to
0: give then that's the kind of commitment i want so i'm sticking you're listening to down under paintball
1: i mean everybody on the team was a veteran everybody this is will mcdonald and you're listening to down under paintball does
0: make it a more interesting sport for the masses.
1: They are doing it better than anyone else, to be honest. Yeah, show show other women that might be interested in playing that, hey, you know, you can go out there and you can be successful in this sport.
0: It's, it's, I've got the best seat in the house with some of the best paintball in Australia. And you're listening to Down Under Paintball. I don't, I don't enter into the politics. I'm not interested. I'm just trying to, you know, grow the sport. Get more people playing paintball.
1: This week I'm joined with Elmo Sheehan. Thank you for joining us on the show.
0: No problem, mate. Good to be
1: here. So I yeah, first things first, where are you where are you calling in from today?
0: Uh so home ground, which is uh Lithgow, New South Wales. Um straight over the top of the hill from my home field, which is Hartley Valley Paintball. So yeah, nice nice mountain bike ride over the top of the hill to get down there and do some training or uh, if I go the long way it's about a kilometer and a half down the road so yeah
1: yeah cool so you got your your gun strapped to your back <laughs> riding over <Yeah>. the mountain
0: <laughs> actually when I used to work there we used to um, back back way back in the day um, my little brother and uh, in shitters and me we used to I remember when we were poor little kids and we lived um, a little bit closer at mum's house and when scooters very first came came out, uh, we used to take turns at riding a scooter and we'd have a little fight of um, one of us would get to push, uh, one of us would get to ride it to the top of the hill and the other one would ride down and then on the <laughs> way home, <laughs> Yeah, but whoever rode down the hill on the way there in the morning would usually have to push it back up of the afternoon and yeah. And um, yeah, and it is a really steep hill if you've ever been to Lithgow and seen the gap hill. Um come and bomb that on a scooter or a skateboard one day and see how you go. But <laughs> um, yeah. Some good yeah,
1: times. Cool. So yeah, you said shitters, so yeah, this is hotly contested. I don't know on the the round one this year we were talking about um yeah, who who's the older out of you and shitters, so yeah, but
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, so I've got Four years on him, I think. It'd be somewhere, yeah, four years, I believe. He's a, yeah, what is he? He's eighty, eighty 80-something. I'm going to say 85, 84 model. <laughs> and yeah, 79, so getting old there. <laughs> uh,
1: you're only as old as you are, as, as you act, as Ben says. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, only as old as you feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't feel too old at all. I have got another few years left in me.
1: Yeah, nice. So, well, yeah. Speaking of um, of back in the day, why don't we we uh try and we'll see how far back we can go. And uh, how did it all start for you? How did you how did you get into the sport?
0: So um, I, I've got to say to start off with, uh, if we're gonna talk from back in the day sort of stuff and start off from the beginning as we go through this, my memory is not the greatest at all. <laughs> Um so any little details or stuff up, well we'll just we'll just add that as gospel and um yeah and then it'll be fact from now on. But um yeah, from the beginning, so um Chris or Shitters actually uh started a job at Fireball Paintball. Um he started me. He was um, pretty young then. I won't say how old because he <laughs> probably shouldn't have been playing tournaments at all back then. But um <laughs> he was a little bit younger than me. And at, uh, and being you know one of four brothers, um he was the only one that worked there and uh close family friends. So one of his best friends um was Mark's or the owner's um brother in law oh sorry step brother. Um and he actually went to school with Chris and um myself him uh, did a lot of motorbike riding together and and blah 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 and and of course he's one of Chris's best mates um they hang out, hung out a bit um yeah I'll, I'll I'll better tell the full story because it was uh, <laughs> it'll give Mark the owner a little bit of credit as well but uh, we'll. Pretty much little rat bags back then, and, um, and Chris was no different. He was probably the worst of a lot of us. Um, but him and his mate, um, the owner's stepbrother, decided to break into the field one day and <laughs> the canteen and stole, you know, you know, probably chocolates and or whatever they ended up getting, probably bags of chips and chocolates. And um, the owner, Mark, actually found out about this. So he. Um, you know, the good guy is, and he really is a good guy. He's um, I look at him as a second father these days. Um, he sort of told them both that, you know, that there was no way he was going to call the cops on him or on him or anything like that. Um, so he basically told them both they were going to work on their debt, and <laughs> that's how shit has actually got his job at the paintball field. Um, and once he played his first game just loved it and came home you know every second afternoon i was working as a mechanic back then so um yeah he'd come home and and tell us all about how cool it is and blah blah and of course we'd always like growing up in the bush and stuff we'd always played armies and and all them sort of games so it was just inevitable that that i was going to get down there and um Oh, I remember my other younger brother Alex who's um, riding right uh, I guess like the big mother races and all that sort of thing um, he, he was like we can't go down to this place we're going to get owned by our little brother <laughs> and um, yeah I was sort of like so Alex I believe still hasn't played a game of paintball and um, this is going back this would have been about 97. um next thing you know it would have been late 97 um i'd quit my i'd finished my apprenticeship no actually it was a little bit later it might have been 98 um and they needed a worker for the weekend and chris was like you know come down and give us a hand you'll get paid Mm -hmm. at the end of the day um And so I sort of – that's how I started down there. Um, I worked there for maybe a month of weekends, so maybe four weekends. And um, Mark, the owner, was putting together a little team to go down and play at an event in Sydney, which I sort of knew nothing about. Um, And so the weekend – before the event w- was the first time I actually picked up a paintball gun and shot it at <laughs> someone. Um, I'd reffed a few times, but I'd never played at all. Um, we had one training day um, down there where I sort of spent all day learning what it was like to get shot by my little brother. Um, and then we went down the next weekend and um, i basically got thrown in the deep end on because we went to the um, Super Sevens Masters, which <laughs> okay. um we played I'm pretty sure back then um uh, that team that we took down could have still been Jokers. Um or it might have been the very beginning of Firestorm. But um yeah, I'm pretty sure we're in the pro division and I remember being in snake corner and I and this is going to sound awesome for all the new players, but I remember standing with my back to the barricade um, <laughs> yelling at the top of my voice, I'm pretty sure they're all on me. Um, <laughs> and, and, a, and a referee pissing himself laughing, which I'm pretty sure that would have been blue at the time. Um, but yeah, That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so after that, um, it was just that little thing where like I was hooked straight away and after that I I just remember like we'd I'd go down and ref every opportunity and um Mark the owner, was you know, he's one of them guys. Um, you go in and you put in a hard day's work and after the day's done it doesn't matter what happens, you know, he's more than happy to give you as much pain as you want to throw around and and he's one of them people that's He's, I guess he's never really been in it for the money or the business. He's, He just loves the sport as well. So he's right there beside you, um, you know, shooting the crap out of you usually or or <laughs> trying to shoot somebody else with you. And, um, you know, if I walked down there now and said, hey, let's grab 500 paintballs and go and shoot the crap out of each other, he'd, he'd be the first to get up and, you know, he'd be a little bit slower these days. But, yeah, he'd be the first to get up and get out there with us. And um, so... Having a little brother that was better at it than I was, I think that would, other than skateboarding, like, um, he sort of really, um, excelled at that. Where, um, I couldn't skate to save my life, I was more <laughs> like the mountain bikes and dirt bikes and stuff. But, um, yeah, like having that common love for something and having him being better than me, um, just pushed me to, to, to get out there and, and want to play more. So, um, yeah, and I remember many a times, this is going back into, um, we had the SL-22s, I think they are the pumps, and um, Badgers. So um, I think a couple of the boys, I remember um, Mark and John Hodges, they had um, some nice guns, like a couple of them had RT. Um, auto mags and and stuff like that, but they stayed in the safe for special occasions and tournaments <laughs> and stuff. Um, but yeah, we'd be out there and playing pump games or or picking up a badger each and, um, and going out there and trying to smash each other. And I, I guess when I sort of first thought to myself, hey, like I could probably be good at this, was, um, you know, I remember going out one afternoon and and chris had said the same thing you know to me as we did nearly every every afternoon um for months which was you're ready for a few games of one-on-one after this and (laughs) you know and i was like yeah no problem and he said we'll make it sporting and he grabbed a little foam cup of um you know one of the little foam cups that was by the water bubbler and and filled it up with paintballs and he goes, here you go, here's yours. And <laughs> and I think there would have been, you know, nine paintballs in his cup. Uh, and we both went out and, you know, no hoppers on the guns and just the, the foam cup. And, you know, you, you, you're you holding it in your hand so you don't know if he's actually shot a ball or, um, you know, did he just shoot a ball past me or was that there or, you know, and... And because I'd only just started out, I wasn't, you know, you're not that switched on to go, oh, yeah, that was a paintball or, or it was just a, a blind shot. So, um, yeah, you're sitting there wondering, like, how many does he have left? Like, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, like, I remember looking up and there was like, you know, five, six of the other refs, um, sitting on the steps watching us and the game had gone on for, you know, what felt like half an hour. Um, it was it was probably five or ten minutes, but, you know. Um, always yeah. That. <laughs> and, and really back then it was really, like, I can't even explain to people who play paintball today how big it was back then um, at that field because I remember um, going there weekend after weekend and we'd see 180 players each day of rentals come through that small field and i think the most we did was um something like 320 players in one day and crazy and he was running uh, like i think at, at the peak while i was there and it was even you know it was those days he was talking about that it was bigger before i was there so but um i remember at his peak when i was there we were, we had around nine full-time referees that would work every weekend. And most of us would run, um, like the, the, the better guys or the head, the head refs, as we'd sort of called ourselves, would run two to three games in one day. Um, and if any of them groups, Mark, had a little rule, that if any of them groups had more than 20 players, you would make a $20 bonus. For yeah, okay. each group you were in, had more than twenty players, so you know, like working working on a mechanics wage, and um, I think I would have been a third year um, when I first went down there. Um, but on my third year wage, I think it was roughly it would have been about three hundred and you know sixty dollars or something a week, um, and then to get you know a, an extra. 250, 300, depending how big the weekend was. Um, yeah, it was just like getting paid to, to do something you love. So, yeah, yeah I thought fun. of. Yeah, it's a fun job. <laughs> got, yeah, yeah, I got that bug. And then, um, so from there, um, I guess we started, uh, uh, Mark got us into, and all, like everything, all the early days of paintball. Um, would all be thanks to him and um, John Hodges. Um, Spacker was always there. Jeremy Shinko, like he taught us so much, it wasn't funny. Um, Dom Albright, who's uh, Coffs Harbour Local. Um, you'd probably remember Dom from back in the day. Um, but guys like that, and I hope I'm not forgetting any of them. But um, yeah, just sort of, I owe them everything when it, um, comes to paintball um i mean mark especially he i remember when we first started playing uh the appl or apex uh whatever it was back then um we were doing other rounds as well a lot of the bush ball and then um the first speedball events we were doing was the super sevens and alex fernando's um apex series or east coast series i can't remember what it was called back then but um yeah i've never uh, actually
1: heard heard about that before
0: yeah. yeah so the apex was i believe the one i'm thinking about and that was the australian paintball east coast series and that was run by a guy alex fernando i hope i've got his name right because my memory is totally shocking but um so when we started that we divided the teams up into, or Mark actually divided the teams up into two um, the more experienced guys played as Firestorm and we all started off, I was on the the novice, or not, I think we were playing semi-pro or something like that or, or amateur, because the divisions were a little bit different back then, but um, yeah, so there was one team called Firefight one team called Firestorm, and we sort of travelled around everywhere um, and from sort of Moama, uh, uh, Victoria area up to I think the furthest I played would have been um, Queensland in Grafton and oh sorry Grafton's just this side but um, Blacksoil or Black Springs um, Blacksoil I think it is up at the APG field up there and MPG um, yeah but uh, going way back I've I almost just about to look up at one of the name Tags that I've got there from them old ones, but um, yeah. So, but that series uh, was pretty much, I guess, like the the Australian standard. Um, anyone who was anyone had to play in that to be anyone really. Um, and we turn up to them events, and Mark would basically in the beginning, Mark was supplying all our gear. Um the guns, everything like um especially for us on the on the novice team. Um we had nothing, you know what I mean? Like to get a gun back then was pretty pretty hectic. You had to have a D class firearms license. Yeah, okay. Um, is, you know, semi automatic firearms yeah, if,
1: if I had if I had a D a category D license, I definitely would've be uh buying a paintball gun. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, well, yeah, and it was just, it was over-the-top regulation. My guns, even like I believe still back then, even if you had the firearm licence and bought the gun, it still couldn't leave the field. Um, so it was kind of a shove them all in the boot and and try and cross the border. <laughs> <kind> <laughs> <of>. <laughs> um, yeah, there was definitely no flying overseas with them. Um, there probably was... Um, later on but at that stage it was all all pretty tight and they were classed as a, a semi-automatic firearm so yeah it was kind of yeah like I said throw them all in the boot cover them up with upper gear and, and hope you didn't get pulled over on the way. Um, a, a lot of the times there was I don't even think there was paperwork that existed to <laughs> be able to get them between fields Um, once you're at the other field, you're fine. You're on a paintball field and you had a paintball gun, but actually travelling between the fields, um, there was a, I do remember a part in time where um, we were able to ship guns and we'd ship them from our local field to the field we were playing at um, to try and keep within, you know, the laws of of doing the right thing. And um, yeah, and you sort of two weeks of getting a gun ready and shipping it off, and then hoping it would be there when you arrived <laughs> to play, and then yeah, and then ship it back. But, um, yeah, I'm so glad the rules have changed, yeah. Um, yeah, um so back then, I actually, um, uh, a lot of people don't know this either, but um, Mark, and I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm nearly 90 percent certain i'll have to check on this but i'm nearly 90 percent certain that he was the guy and if he wasn't worldwide then it was definitely in australia who invented the autococker Uh, being an engineer he took a sterling pump gun and i did read this somewhere like in a pretty reputable magazine but um yeah, he took a pump gun and a sterling pump and bolted a ram to the side of it and basically made, um, you know, definitely Australia's first auto cocker. So, um, and then I believe he was approached by a few Americans to sort of sell the idea. And, you know, I don't know what happened after that, but. Um, from the feeling I get of who he is, you know, he probably just, you know, said, oh, look, this is our stuff, and I don't care, like, make whatever you want off it. Um, but that sort of inspired me to turn all that copy gun. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was my first gun that I bought, and this is going to be pretty funny, but um, I remember going to... This is, you know, fifteen years, ten years after all this of him developing that gun that he made. <coughs> Sorry. Um Yeah. yeah so that is. Um, I've gone to Steve Bayless, who had the shop in, I'm gonna say, it wasn't Blacktown, but it was down there somewhere, maybe Rees, not Reesby. Um, but Mark Bayless had. Um, well, Steve Bailes, sorry, Steve Bailes had a paintball store in Inner Sydney there somewhere um, back in the day and I actually went down there and looked at a few guns and realised that I couldn't buy a gun too easily. Um, so I bought an auto-cocker kit for a PMI tracer, which is the crappiest paintball, that <laughs> action paintball gun you could probably buy. Um, Mark had it, had two or three of them laying around the safe that just never seemed to get used and they were really light and, um, and I don't know, I just took a fancy to one of them and basically once I bought the auto cocker kit for it, I think it cost me like $150 back then. Um, Steve basically threw it at me and said, I <laughs> <you> never can <laughs> take it off my hands. Um, and, yeah, so I I built that thing as my first gun, and um, I remember showing up to a tournament at Paintball Pete's um, when he was at Pete's Ridge there. And yeah, i shooting away on this gun, and it sounded like a 22 or louder. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and just like <laughs> to get it to not chop paint was a feat in itself. Um, but it had a pretty, pretty carrier stick. Shot like it would shoot pretty dead flat, and then at about, I guess, you know, 60 meters, the ball would nearly just drop out of the sky. And (laughs) um, so, I'm playing up the back, and I'm sort of, you know, firing a few shots towards my mirror at the other end of the field, and then just walking the gun backwards a little bit and just jagging people out from behind their barricades. And they're sort of looking at me like, Where did that shot come from? You know, how come I've been hit on top of the head? And um, I remember Steve Bayless was actually there and he walked up to the side of the field, watched me do it, and then waited for me to walk off the field and ask my name and who I was and blah, blah. And he's, he's like, where the hell did you buy this? And he's holding the gun and he's, like, looking at it like, what a piece of shit. Like, who <laughs> was at an actual tournament? And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just looked at him and said, "Yeah, if you don't remember, I bought that off you two weeks ago for like 150 bucks." And he's like, "Oh, right. oh, right, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, that's good quality product, though." <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, and yeah, so that was my first um gun that I owned. Of course, I really didn't own it. I only owned pieces to it, and um, like I said earlier, we couldn't really weren't meant to take it from the field at all. Um, but, yeah, so that was that was kind of where I started out.
1: Have you still got it?
0: Um, I do still have pieces to it. Um, <laughs> it is still somewhere down at Hartley. Um, Mark's sort of gone through that many guns. He's got, you know, like any paintball field, he's got a couple of shipping containers that are just um, full of old parts and the old guns that have never left the licence. Um and they are all locked away, but it's not actually in the main safe. And when I go down there, you know, that's sort of where I where I keep the majority of um, of my paintball stuff when it's not at home. And, yeah, I'd have to just go down the back into one of the shipping containers, and I'm sure it's still laying there somewhere, probably covered in there. Yeah. But I I've, I've actually found a bolt for it the other week going through my toolbox and, yeah, just brought back old memories of, yeah, because um, they actually have a they have the slide on the side of them um, opens up into the breech. So when they fire and the bolt's coming back, a lot of the air escapes through the the slots in the side that um, where the pump ha- handle actually screws into the bolt. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, it was actually so loud because it's such a crappy design. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember sitting there making my own bolts and. trying to make sleeves up so that you know half this air wouldn't escape out the side of the gun and 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 -hmm. look like that's that's what everybody was doing back then like um if you had a gun like i remember me and my brother sitting there with before the days of dremels you know with an electric drill and and a couple of the smallest die grinding bits that i could get from work and and we'd be sitting there trying to mill out the inside of a um you know an auto mag solenoid or, you know, and they weren't even solenoids back then, just, you know, valves. So, um, yeah, you're trying to mill them out and trying to get more air capacity in certain areas and make air flow better in other areas. And I certainly didn't do as much of it as shitters did. But, um, yeah, I remember that kid just sitting there for days trying to figure out how to get his hopper to shoot quicker or – or you know, how to get the gun to be more consistent and um yeah and then of course we went from CO two to air which just made a yeah a massive difference and um yeah and I think and back then as well we sort of um once we'd played for a few years the team um sort of got approached by MacDevin very early days of them just making um rigs and and stuff like that so that really helped as well and yeah like the the amount of painstaking hours that i've spent over a paintball gun um <laughs> and even today like i'll buy a, a new you know like a, the last gun i bought was um a cs 1.5 or whatever from action paintball there off mic and the first thing I did was get it home and open it up and, you know, and and have a look how it works and, um, you know, and and what areas can be improved on and and blah, blah, blah. And and they are just all factory made, you know, and it's, um, you know, even my old Geo 3 or whatever I was using before that, um, the inside, you know, I've spent time to, to open up a few of the ports and and get it to to flow a lot better. And and if you pick it up over uh, another, you know, there, there's a noticeable difference, you know, it might not be much. Um, but in my head, it's like I've added my little touch to that gun and, and made it better somehow. But, you know, that that's part of the game for me is, um, yeah, is like working on the gun. Um working on your skills and and all that, it all comes hand in hand. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it sort of sounds like it's a bit of a shame because I know with the newer guns, I'm I'm sure when you open them up, there's probably a lot less things that you can be tinkering with than there was back in the day.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's so much. like, And really, these days, you just buy the guns and there's no need to open them up. They're already out of the box and just, you know, I hit of people, I guess these days it's the same, but people are a little bit more tech savvy these days, and they're like, "I, oh, I've changed the solenoid um, dwell or or whatever," and and it's sort of more on the board of programming than you know actually getting inside the gun and and doing little things here and there. But um, I guess from my point of view, um, especially having a mechanic. Um, background from my early days Um, I was at the time I did my my apprenticeship and then I went into building high performance engines so um, I like have always just loved turbos and I've really good understanding of like there's not much I'm good at but airflow principles and um, and the way that I guess air works in different situations I sort of have always had an understanding of it and I was never really taught at time. Ta- I've just always been able to sort of picture, you know, in my head how it works and, and why, you know, uh, why air spins quicker in the middle of a tornado than, you know, um, inside it. Like if you've got an exhaust pipe or whatever in your tornado, that air I've I've always been able to see why travels down the pipe quicker than um than air that's not turbulent or spinning and um yeah and and when i look at a paintball gun on to me it's just like it's it's all valves and it's all airflow and so i always you know even some days i'm like i could make that better than you know (laughs) than the built (laughs) this yeah might might just be a little bit um yeah over overconfident there but but um yeah, and, and like you said, these days you pull them out of the box and they're just so on point, Mike. Um, yeah, if we could ever imagine that, you know, I'd be able to grab to CS and um, have a gun that shoots like that or even a Lux or, you know, it doesn't matter what you really shoot these days. Um, out of the box, they're just they're brilliant compared to what we had back then. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I guess like you'd be pretty happy with the resurgence of the mechanical uh, division if that's sort of like where your uh, where your interests lie with with the guns like that. Because I know those guns, you can really when you get them singing, they're uh, they they can uh, like yeah, you'd be surprised at the mechanical some of them, the speed that they shoot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well like, I'm actually, um, well, <laughs> mine shoots a little bit too high BPS for it to be allowed. <laughs> That mechanical division, so, um, But, you know, it's, uh, so I, um, I have an auto mag that's got, uh, it's, uh, I can't even think what the back's called anymore. It's not the response back, it's the, um, the uh, totally lost my mind. But it's <laughs> um, basically the valve where you, you half trigger it and it just sits there and rocks on your finger and, um, you not know, a and just all Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: okay.
0: Yeah. But it's actually the back valve. Yeah, right. It comes with that gun, uh, with that back valve, and and then the trigger kit that goes with it. And, um, yeah, it's just, I think last time I checked, it was like 36, um, around 36 balls a second.
1: (laughs) For a mechanical gun?
0: Yeah, and I took it down to... Um, the 10-man, it might have been 26, or you know, but I took it down to the 10-man and um, opened it up and said to Mike, hey, you reckon I can have a run with this today? And he's like, wait a minute, give me a look at that. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, no, no way. I'm like, but, you know, at the moment it's so poorly tuned that it's chopping every second ball out of the breeze. Like, the well, way I said, it, it's a disadvantage. And, um, and really, like, yeah, I, if I had more time, I would love to sit there and play with that gun and get it just, you know, just off its guts. Um, but at the same time, it's exactly like we just finished talking about. It's just so easy for me to set one of me um, Eclipse guns on five balls a second and know <laughs> yeah. that that ball going to be straight. And you know, um, back in the day of playing with the auto mags, and and that you'd pick a gun, and that would be your gun man. After like no ball ever went straight. There was no such thing as a straight ball. Um every gun had a different characteristic, and then after that, the like not only that, the paint had different flight as well. So um the the worst paint we're shooting these days is still much better than the best stuff we were shooting back then. And basically it got to the point where teams and especially us like we wouldn't tell people this um, back then because it would be you know giving away our secrets but um, where today we want the paint up in the cars and stuff back then what we'd actually do and um, market actually built a rotisserie um, and a drum and we'd spend most of the morning cleaning the paintballs, putting them into this drum which just slowly rolled um the the paint balls around for two hours and basically just to get the paint to be more even inside the shell um so that it basically so that yeah the the air bubble was in the center or or closer to because you'd get this paint that was just so thick, and it would all be on one side so you could literally Um, grab a handful of this paint, put it through a hopper and get a five-metre spread at, like, you know, at at a couple of metres. And and after we'd rolled it, um, we'd find, you know, it was just so much better. Um, So, yeah, like, I don't even think anybody knew back then that we were doing it. A couple of teams caught on after a while and and started to um, sort of do the same thing. Um, even just by rolling the boxes. Like a lot of teams would just get a box, sit it there, roll it onto its side for five minutes, roll it onto its top for five minutes and just slowly roll the box um, over a couple of hours during the day. And even that would help. Um, but, yeah, like we're just so spoiled. And to think back then we are paying like 25 cents a ball pretty much <laughs> like, yeah. it was just like yeah it was I was so glad that the guns couldn't shoot any faster than they, they could because, <laughs>
1: yeah
0: we just have no money otherwise
1: yeah and, and you know with that auto mag like obviously it's got no eyes so yeah. y- if you're shooting 30 or like 26 balls a second none of the lo- none of the hoppers would have been able to keep up with it back then either would they yeah
0: yeah, no. So um even with the view loaders and stuff like they were just an uh, agitated and hopper and um yeah, so you'd have to two shot stop, two shot, stop. And you'd get a quick burst of three or four, but then you'd definitely be giving it that little shake. And you know, it was sort of part of the game to take them three or four shots and then and then give the gun a little shake. Um later on I remember um, when we went to the electric guns, and um, the hoppers had a you know a pretty hard time keeping up with anything at that stage. Um, and when they, or well, we actually started off our first electric guns that um, that we personally, or that I personally use was the um, the early model shockers, um, the big bricks we used to call them.
1: Yeah. Um, Is that the shoebox shocker that a lot of people talk about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So (laughs) um, they were just massive. But uh, in the early days, um, Shitter's actually invented, um, uh, I guess, an add-on to a hopper. And he actually had um, off-the-back exhaust port. So there's a little exhaust port off the back of them that vents the exhausted air from behind the bolt um, to to shoot the gun. Um, He'd run that to a little pressurised solenoid inside uh, an added piece that he'd put on the back of his hopper. And at first, I think at first he was agitating the balls with the air, like triggered off the air that came from that exhaust port. And then later on he'd actually added um, a little solenoid or switch or something so that – um, it basically spun the hopper a little bit more every time, you know, every time there was a shot. Because um, you got to remember back then there wasn't there wasn't even eyes in hoppers. So the later models after that they actually put um, eyes into the view loaders, um, yeah. which was a second generation or something, or probably the fifth generation of um, view loader. Um, but yeah, before that when they were just standard. You know, with the little paddle and the motor that he just flipped it on and it basically just kept going. Um, yeah. So, so he, yeah, he did a couple little things to actually make him shoot better. Um, and in the early days of Firestorm, I think mean, a couple of the boys were running them. And yeah, and that was it, like getting back to working on the guns and all that sort of thing. That was stuff that, you know, everybody else was trying to do. Um, everybody else obviously had their own little um, modification and and everything to get it to shoot quicker. But buying stuff out of the box back then and expecting it to be, you know, up to the level of playing a pro tournament or, or anything just wasn't going to happen. You know, so um, it was. Yeah, you know, and the same thing was going on in America. And I just, I guess it's just progression in the sport. You know, that just um invents the, the things that we're just uh, lucky to have today really so
1: yeah that's cool i like that um yeah just that innovation it sounds like if you guys had you know the the right setup with machinery and stuff you guys could have been the next the next big uh <laughs> manufacturer of, of paintball ideas and parts it sounds like you guys had it all going on out there
0: no oh, with <laughs> yeah we've still got ideas like i think um <laughs> When it comes down to it, we just sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> don't care that much. You know, <laughs> we're, we we care enough. We care more about doing it for our own guns than than trying to sell the idea. Or, or, um, you know, if somebody came up and said, "Hey, what are you doing there?" We'd be probably too too eager to show them and and give our idea away, especially at that point in time. Like, um, yeah. So. It's just kind of, I guess it's kind of small town mentality sort of thing where you're just not always in it for the the big picture. Um, and, and yeah, certainly later on in life, I'm like, you know, if I had a had a dollar for every good idea I had, uh, paintball or not, you know, I'd be a very wealthy man. But um, yeah, it's like. At the time, you're just sitting there playing with a paintball gun, thinking to yourself, you know, how can I make this better? And, um, you know, and then we'll never make any money off this. It's paintball. <laughs> so yeah, we we probably would have um we probably would have made a million, and at the time we probably would have spent it all on beer and other things and, um, and <laughs> gone anywhere with it. So paintball. yeah, it, yeah, you probably want to be glad that we didn't start a paintball company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably would have gone under or it would be called hk and <laughs> that'd be really su- successful
1: <laughs> yeah no, i like that it was so was it um because i think i remember and i like now you guys are like you saying the things that you and chris or shooters were getting up to it was there was a i remember one event seeing shooters with a wooden gun was, was yeah that you guys that made that
0: <laughs> yeah um so that yeah that's um That's going back a little bit, but yeah, yeah, he was up for anything, that kid, and um, yeah, any way that he could, like, make something and try and think it was better, or, you know, even if it was or wasn't, or, yeah, but, um, yeah, uh, and I think a lot of that goes back to when we were kids, and, um, you know, I remember real early um, memory that I have of growing up, and the old man had spent, you know, two or three days in the shed making us all guns, and, um, of course, we are across the road in the paddock um, playing armies, as we used to call it, you know, shoot them up or or cowboys and Indians or whatever you, you want to call it. Every kid had their own version. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we had the police rock up, and um, basically, you know, a couple of the neighbours had called the police because, you know, I was running around with a double-barrel shotgun and and Chris had this M16 and, you know, my other brother had this long rifle and, um, you know, and and the cops walked up to us and even when they took the guns off us were like, you know, um, (laughs) still thought they were real guns until they actually um, held them and then looked down the barrels and could see that they were just, you know, pieces of pipe um yeah but and so yeah sort of especially growing up I guess where we did and and how we did we even if we wanted to we didn't have the money um to go out and buy all the latest gear and it, a lot of times we took pleasure off um I guess showing up to tournaments and having nothing and having Mark give us you know what he could, and and spending the time um, that we could to, to modify or or improve on the nothing we had, and beat a team that had just you know basically showed up with all new equipment, or um, or even you know nobody had all new equipment back then, but there were definitely teams that um, that had the best of the best. Um, and, took pride in showing up and and beating them with with anything we had I still that's one thing that I'll never let go from the sport and I hear people say constantly like there's a couple of things in paintball that and I'm not saying I don't agree with it. I'm not saying that it's wrong or anything like that I'm just saying it's my point of view and one of them things is like when people go, oh, no, that's my gun, you can't use it. Um, Like, I will hand my gun to anybody that's gun goes down, whether, you know, I've gotten in trouble off my own team for going, oh, yeah, here's a gun, you can use it. Oh, wait a minute, you're playing ass. Like, (laughs) cool, whatever. Um, You know, and at the same time, being like I nearly fell on the ground and laughed my ass out. Um, when I, you know, met actual pro players, and the first time I ever heard somebody say, "I can't use that. I'm sponsored by," insert any major gun manufacturer's yeah. name here. You know, I was just like, "What the? F-? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, mean, I lost my shit. I was just like, bro, like it's a gun. Pick it up and use it. Like, um, yeah, and you know, and not taking anything." away from them people, like, um, I think it's great that, that um, big manufacturers support players and give them sponsorships like that. Um, you know, that that's awesome. And, I, and that's probably why I've never had um, a sponsorship like that. I've had an opportunity um, and, you know, and my statement was as long as, you know, I can pick up any gun on the day and just shoot it. Um, and of course it doesn't go down well with everybody, but it's, that's just my attitude. And to me, it doesn't matter what gun I have in my hand. It doesn't matter, um, whether I'm about to get shot or well, it's all the fun of going out there and just, um, giving it the best of what I've got. Um, you know, I think you've noticed on the field, I think everybody has that it, it's really, um, out of character for me to just walk off the field after I've been shot. Um, I'll spend the time to go, you know, good shot. Um, but ninety percent of the time, my attitude doesn't change. And you know, whether I've been shot or whether I've just shot somebody, I'm sort of, you know, still in that same. I just got to play paintball, and I'm ha- happy. And so, um, a lot of people see that as not. Giving a fuck, I guess, is yeah, an easy yeah. way to put it. But yeah. um but I put it as, you know, as like just the love of the sport. And um and of course I always want to be the guy that's walking off clean and you know, and putting pain on people. But it to me even like especially it's amplified when I'm playing with players that haven't played for so long or players that look up to me and sort of go like, you know, he's a great player and I've never pictured myself as a overly great player. Um, I think that I don't go too bad and I have my moments, but um, when somebody like that shoots me, I go out of my way to walk up to them and, you know and go great shot this is where you got me from and the amount of times that people just look at you and go what i i actually hit you like i didn't even see where that shot went and then you're like no when you you know when you hung out and you let them three go that first one was dead on point and it just took my head off and you know that's that means more to me than um than anything really like um uh, just being out there and, and getting to shoot people and, you know, and, and getting shot by people. Um, yeah, I sort of, yeah, I, that's one of the best parts. It's, it is the sport for me, so.
1: Yeah, and it's good to see, um you know, it needs to be like that. There is, uh, I, you know, I, I was one to always take the game pretty serious and, um yeah, yeah you know, I wouldn't be lending my gun to, opposing teams and i i was controlled of what guns i could shoot and stuff like that i was sort of the the other side of the coin but it was good to see that there's people that still were just out there to have fun and that showing other people that it is a fun sport that um not there's not just one way to play paintball um so i like that uh, i just i've always enjoyed watching you guys out there and and doing things like that like shaking hands when a guy bunkers you and you saying good job and giving him a pat on the back like um yeah, yeah
0: having a good laugh about it too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's um but I, and I've been on both sides of the coins, you know, I've played on teams where um you know you you're in the shit big time if you've lent that gun out or even spoke to an opposition player. Um and you know, and I've played on teams that um you know that don't care. Um and it, it's a funny vibe because I guess like can a lot of it, I hear it a lot these days, um, like of, of people going, you know, either um, you train your butt off and you get somewhere, or uh, and put everything into it, or you finish last, you know, and um, and I guess really like and especially now like um, our team. Especially in Eastside Raw, where we are now, um, we have that that great, I guess, like um, a, a name of you know, not giving a fucking um, <laughs> going out there and partying all night, and then and then trying to get on the field the next day, um, and and that's true. Like there's um, there's definitely been a lot of them nights. Um, in back in the the beginning, though. Um, there was a big period, and I'm not saying we just walked up and we just went, oh, we'll go and party and get drunk and and do whatever and then come out and smash heads the next day. Um, that definitely didn't happen. You know, we put a lot of work and training into um, where we got. So um, in the early days of Firestorm, um, I didn't get an opportunity to play a whole lot with them, especially um, when they, um, you know, when they were playing really well. Um, but in the early days, uh, definitely like they were always pulling players like myself and and we'd go up, especially when we were travelling to events and and, you know, and not all the players could make it. So we'd just make the best seven or best, you know, ten players we had um and send them off and you know there were times where where we did train our asses off and put in the effort and got to where we were and then it got to a point where i guess we started winning you know and um and it wasn't just we started winning now let's start partying um but I guess like where I'm trying to go with this, it got to a point where we knew each other really well, um, not only being family, but and and I say that about you know people like Mark and John and 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 that as well as my brother. Um, but we were so tight that you know it's it's like we we're pretty much sleeping, eating, and and rolling around on the field together. So. Um it got to a point where, yeah, we were going out partying and waking up in the – well, sometimes not – most of the time not even sleeping, um, <laughs> getting out on the field and, and smashing heads and just laughing our guts out, you know, like just having a great time. And that comraded, camaraderie and that attitude and where we were in that point of time just – made other people like i don't know like i've heard other people say it before and you get inside people's heads and and you know they've already lost the game before you take the field but we weren't trying to do that we were just having a over of a time and you know and to look back on some of it like i said i you know only only got to play a couple of years and only a few tournaments here and there with them um but always been around and you know and 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 playing on weekends and and bush ball events and all that sort of stuff it just got to this point where yeah like it was we were trying to outdo each other and see who could you know get the most fucked up and then go out (laughs) on the field smashing the most heads the next day and yeah and and laughing at the guy who's sitting there throwing up in his goggles because you know (laughs) because he's weak, you know, and um, and it's, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a way to win, um, but, you know, but once you get in that, that rhythm of, you know, of knowing the person beside you so well, um, you know, like that, that is really important in a team and you can have five blokes that are better paintballers And or seven blokes back in the day, you know, that are better paintballers that have trained harder that probably deserve it twice as much, but don't communicate or, you know, or, um, or just make a couple of filling moves. And I guess communication being the big thing, um, without that, and, and you know yourself, paintball is communication, like it's pretty much the whole, the whole game. Um, And shooting people's the second part of the game. So, you know, like having a group of blokes beside you that you knew what they were going to do, Um, having my little brother play in front of me, um, you know, I knew what he was going to do. I knew where he was going to go. And people sort of make that mindset of, you know, they're so unpredictable because they don't know what they're going to do. And that's 100% correct when we take the gate. 90% 90% of the time even to this day we have no plan at all right and it's but as soon as that whistle goes or that buzzer goes and I watch that player in front of me run um, especially playing with Chris or, or Shagger or Pete I, I know exactly where they're going and what they're about to do and um, you know sometimes you know we're not yelling we're sitting there some of our best games are sitting there talking and and that communication is key to to winning um as well as training as well as being a good shot as well as you know a good gunfighter um but yeah that communication really needs to be built in any team and um you know like i can't stress that enough like if if you're out there and you want to be a pro paintball team. You need to sit down and be brothers. You need to go through the goods, the bads. You need to know that person beside you like the back of your hand. And and when you do, you're unstoppable. So yeah, well, but oh, <laughs> a lot of really good times and <laughs> really bad times had to had to go um yeah go through our hands to make that happen. So. <laughs>
1: yeah i like it well that's uh very wise words um yeah and i have seen it you know you you guys are a very tight-knit family out there and um yeah you yeah like people do make that joke from time to time that you don't know what's going on but you seem to be able to pull it together uh yeah more (laughs) often than not uh, and put it on put it on some good teams too so um Unfortunately, we're starting to run a little bit low on time. Uh, but before you go, was there someone, while you've got the air, someone you wanted to give a shout out to or uh, some sponsors?
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess there's so, like, this is, yeah, there's going to be so many people. I like to give a shout out to pretty much all the major paintball fields in Australia that make it possible. Um, so, everywhere from, you know, we'll start at the top. Townsville paintball, um, TACOPS paintball in Queensland, and there's going to be some I'm going to miss, but I do mean every paintball field that's out there having a go, especially through the hard times we've had. Um, I don't care whether you're just a punter field or, you know, or you support us in the tournaments and stuff like that. Um, Anyone out there running games, getting people into paintball, um, they're my real shout-out, so... Yeah, Tacos, Coffs Harbour, Elite One. Um, Pete and his family up there do so much for us. Um, I, know, I truly believe that's one of the nicest fields in Australia. So if you're going to play anywhere, get up to there if you ever get a chance. Um, yeah, Sydney Indoor, Spitfire, that's still going. Um, yeah, no, they're still,
1: they're still going. they got Formula One cars, sim, sim cars there now. It's cool.
0: I actually <laughs> saw the owner came past me the other day in a WRX with... Um, spit by a paintball, written all over it. So if he's listening to this, oh, I was that weird guy in a Mack truck, um, getting <laughs> weird <looks> and, <laughs> and trying to wave you down. But um yeah, so all the paintball fields, especially um, two really key people, and I'll start off with Mark here. Um, I've spoken a lot about him in this interview, and um, oh, I can't stress that enough. Him and the field down here uh, have given me everything in paintball, and brought me to where i am and and where i'll go and and my kids will continue to play there um the same in action paintball and mike at rouse hill there you know and as i go through all these people um i think you know as well and everyone else knows they're all family fields and when you go there you're part of the family and they take you in and 99 percent of them are just you know in it for the love of the sport and just want you to get in and play and have somebody else to shoot at or, you know, or somebody else to shoot with. And it, there's not many other people, you know, or other sports that are really like what we have. Um, but, yeah, like Mike Wyber and the things he's done for um, paintball in Australia are Massive, as we all know, He's um, a big part of that. And, yeah, all the way down. You Know Canberra. Um, I can't even think of old mate's name there. Um, yeah, it's just slipped my mind, but he's you know another good bloke. I've played there a little bit, and you know, all the way down to Rob and the Barleys down in Victoria and and Gilly Henty's field and um, you know, and uh, uh Danny Cole coming, yeah. Coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. sorry. Coming. Yeah. So, yeah. And like every single one of them, um, they're the people I want to thank for making it all worthwhile. Um, our sort of sponsors in the way of Eastside Raw is, um, you know, obviously Elite One. And uh, we have a little HK sort of deal over there. Um, and then Townsville Paintball, I've already said that. And my clothing brand, which I I do a little bit of. Sorry to anyone that wants stuff that I don't have time for, but, you know, not in it to make money. I just do what I can for people. Um, don't have a lot of time, but I try my best. Um, yeah, so um, I guess all the little little people, the photographers, um, people like yourself out there doing vlogs and, and podcasts and all that sort of thing, um, just keep growing the sport and pretty soon you know i, I want to see it big again i want to see it like it was back in the day i want to see my kids out there enjoying it like i'm getting to do now and i i'm not going to leave the sport until you know I'm um, until they put me in the ground so you know i'm always going to be there beside it and i just will love to see it grow and yeah anything anybody's doing to put it in like um, I saw, you know, I don't get to watch a lot of the YouTube videos and stuff like that because I'm always busy. But, you know, Wimpy's doing great things. Um, you're doing great things. Dwayne, of course, is always doing great things. Um, I saw Velma, um, a couple of her videos from the Ten Man the other day. So anybody that's out there, no matter how good or bad it is, taking videos, paintball, the photographers, all that sort of stuff throwing it up on youtube and for everyone to see um that's where it's at and yeah thanks very much because love yous all
1: yeah no cheers mate I'll oh, uh <laughs> it's good yeah and, and i know i 100 agree with you it's um it's yeah just every little little piece that just grows the sport and um yeah just I, I, I there's so much uh out there you can't keep up with it all but it's um it's good it's good yeah. to see that then, um I- people
0: get into it. Even all the other companies that are getting into it. So, um, like, and, you know, I'm never biased towards anything. Um, So, yeah, I sort of, like, all the little people trying to do something. Like, um, I saw, uh, is it Conor Johnson? Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. And his shirts, uh, jerseys and stuff that he's doing now. Saw a couple of them at the Ten Man the other day. They were mint. Like, he's out there having a go, throwing it down. So, um, yeah, all them little people doing stuff like that, I can tell you straight away how hard it is and how much effort you put in and how much reward you don't or do get out of it. And, um, yeah, anybody that's trying to input anything into the sport and have a real go and just do it for the sport and help people out, then, yeah, like, it's just, you know, it's amazing if they're making a few bucks on the side even better, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, any of the little Australian companies like, um, you know, MacDev out there making guns Australian-made, like, that puts us on the map. And, yeah, although I've never used their guns too much, I think I've shot one in my whole life. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're putting us on the map. So, yeah, thanks to them as well.
1: Yeah, that's it. Well, a lot of these companies um... – Oh, I know, like MacDev with manufacturing and stuff. Like if they put those machines to building anything other than paintball, they could make so much more money. So they're obviously they're not in it for the money. If uh, if they've picked paintball, it's such a such a niche market. It's not it's not something that you uh, are <laughs> you're gonna do to make millions.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> if you're in paintball, you're um. I remember back in the day they used to say if, uh, if you're in the paintball scene, you're only in it to launder money that you've made from somewhere else. <laughs> But um, these days, it's not even that. These days, you just didn't have to throw your money up a wall. So, um, yeah, I've done a lot of that, and <laughs> it's been worth every cent of it, and I'll do it all over again 10 times if I could. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, living where I do, you know, like um, I almost own my house where I am, and I was sort of lucky to, to get in on that, and and you got to realise, you know, I'm over 40 now, so most people my age nearly own two houses and have their wives figured out. Um, I definitely know I could own, you know, a multi-million dollar mansion off the money that I put into PayPal. So, yeah, it's um that's a sacrifice I've made, and I'd do it all over again a hundred times if I had to.
1: Yeah, just don't think about it too much.
0: <laughs> uh, no, no, I think about it every night as I go to sleep. I'm like, yeah, well, worth <laughs> well worth it.
1: So, uh, yeah, another question is: there, is there a, someone that you could recommend to the show for me?
0: So, yeah, we talked about this earlier, and I, um, so many people, like, there's so many stories I want to hear out out there of um, people in the sport. I think um, I'm just going to go with. I'm going to, I've picked three solid people. Um, yeah. I reckon rookie, um, which is Russ. What's yep. Russ's last name? Bromley?
1: Um, I've forgotten it. I've totally, it's totally slipped my mind. Robbie Rob- Ambrose. Is that right? Yeah. Is that Robbie? Sorry.
0: sorry. Yes. I keep thinking of Keith up here. Robbie yep. Ambrose. Yeah. He, he's got, he's got some stories and uh, <laughs> snake catcher. What a good guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Also, um, like Maddie Clint, I wanna hear that story. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, I've got to sit down with Maddie quite a few times and 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 I've heard a fair bit of his story and love it. And yeah, I think everybody needs to hear that. Um, he's made it to the top and he's where most of us dream of being. Um, so yeah, I think Maddie and Ben I think Ben touched on this the other day, but um I'd I'd love to hear Chris Austin's story, like traveling Europe and playing a lot over there to come over here and make Australia's new home. Um, yeah. So, but uh, I've got to stop there because there's just a massive list. Yeah. <laughs> so many people. And I know. Yeah, no,
1: it's good. I, I like it. Cause I've got my little list that I, well, it's not that it, like, yeah, like you say, it's not, it's not really little, uh, but I've got my list and, uh, I just you think oh that's everyone like I can't possibly think of anyone else and every week you, I, I get stumped so it's, it's good I get new names so it's uh yeah. it's great yeah um no, uh oh this the show's got <laughs> a lot to go through before I run out of content <laughs>
0: yeah no you've got years of content yet I can yeah. tell you that
1: <laughs> oh and then you know as as the years roll on while well, I'm trying to catch up we've got all these new stories coming through like I know I uh, saw some photos of uh, your daughter out there on the field the other day playing with the, uh, um, is it the Jokers? Is that right? Wicked
0: Assassins, yeah. Wicked
1: Assassins, yeah. Sorry, I was just, I'm looking at a the picture Jokers. now. There's a little Joker. Yeah, no, I'm getting my yeah. names mixed up. Wicked Assassins, yeah, that's right. Little yeah. oh, Wade, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that oh, was, that's cool, man.
0: That was a little opportunity where, you know, I was just about to leave home as well um, and I'd already signed up myself and Tiaran Um, my son who's been playing with me lately. Um of course he's sixteen now and um I just bought him a dirt bike and um he's about to get that well, I've got it registered and everything. He's about to get his license and everything on that. And um a week and a half ago he comes home with a broken leg. So (laughs) um he actually did it on his push bike, doing dirt jumps. Um (laughs) you know, he's right into that sort of stuff as well and he's As I was, I was always into, um, you know, jumps and um, used to race downhill mountain bikes and all that sort of stuff, which stopped when I got back into paintball. Mm. Um, But yeah, he's broken his leg on his push bike. So two things came to mind straight away. One was um, how could you go and break your leg on your crappy old push bike when I've just bought you a a decent, you know, 250 turf bike? Um, Mm. That's now sitting in the shed doing nothing. Um, and the other thing was who's going to play paintball with us on um, on Saturday. So I actually had just thought, oh, well, we'll be down a player. Or, and Curly um, signed up his um, better half in Kaylee. And so I thought, oh, well, we've got 10 players that'll do. And I was just about to walk out the door and yeah, looked in my daughter's bedroom and thought, wait a minute. Wait a goddamn minute here, somebody's older us now, yeah. and um, yeah, so yeah, woke her up and she had no idea. Yeah, we went <laughs> to the field, and when we got there, I told her she was playing. and Look, she's an absolute champion. Um, I think it was um, Matt Dogg on stage came around the barricade and bunkered her and uh, um, shot her three times, like straight in the hand, open, open skin too, no gloves or nothing. and um yeah and, and me as a father on the side of the field was like oh like I wanted to run on the field and actually go wait 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 stop like you yeah. know we <laughs> are about to bunker my daughter um and but at the same time I'm like you know you're like that soccer mum that's trying to yell at your kid to run it down the sideline and I'm like <laughs> run up and look the other way and and I did the right thing, and then as soon as, you know, she'd been hit, I thought, oh, well, run on the field and make sure she's okay, because I thought, oh, this is going to bring a tear to her eye, and, and you know, and, and Mad Dog did the same thing, you know, he's, he's shot her and then gone, oh, shit, are you all right, and, you know, and, and she looked straight at me and she goes, oh, I'm good, and, you know, and, you know, gave, gave me that little, that's, you know, she said, it's fun, when are we playing the next one? So, <laughs> um, yeah, we walked off the field and, and, yeah, I think a comment was, one day I'll get him back for that. And I was yeah. Like that. <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, you know, it's just awesome to see them enjoying the sport that I love. And, yeah, and and they do get so much from it. Like, um, I wish every teenage kid or, you know, every kid that's old enough could get out there at the moment and have a go because it, it really does get them out and, um, yeah, get some – from behind that iPad and it's a enjoying the sunshine and, and the bush. So.
1: Yeah. And, uh, playing Call of Duty for real. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> like, like I said
0: earlier, you know, we all had our, our own little, um, name for, for Cowboys and Indians or, or armies or whatever it was. We called it back in the day. And the only difference was that I guess out here in the country that, you know, we have hillsides and, and a lot of bush to run around and um, blah, blah. In saying that, when I was living in, um, growing up living in West Hoxton and that on the farm, we did the same there. So, um, yeah, every kid, it, it's born into every kid. And, um, you know, while it's not exactly fun to shoot people, when you can shoot people with a paintball gun and go and have a beer with them later or sit down and have a chat about it later and have a laugh and a feed, it, it's. That's the most fun thing in the world to do.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a very unique thing. That's I grew up doing the same thing out in the bush with uh my mates. I was with sticks and and pegging rocks at each other and stuff like that. So it's a, a little bit safer with a paintball gun, I think, <laughs> than some of the things yeah. we got up to glove guns yeah. and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So yeah,
0: yeah we good. used to go to a mate's property and um yeah and we had slug gun fights <laughs> and a couple of times been there you know i only had to do it once but i remember um a couple of the boys with the needle nose pliers digging digging slugs out of their legs and stuff. <laughs> yeah it was um yeah I, I was a better shot and a quicker runner than some of them maybe that's where i got all my skills but yeah, but um no it's like i said it's just so much fun i can't get enough of it still
1: yeah well it's it's great and it sounds like you've had a A good career and stuck stuck pretty true to you know what you've uh what you've always gone out there to achieve and like still you guys are um out there putting it to the teams that are uh have all the gear and um you know flying the banner of these sponsored uh games and and doing like what you say like um really taking it serious and and you guys are out there having fun and and still putting it on team so it's it's good to see
0: yeah,
1: and um, not to
0: you know not to put a, a dampener on any of that either. You know, last year we took it deadly serious, and yeah. that was one of the that was one of my um, goals. People sit there and say, you know, oh, it's hard not to win without blokes like you know the Simpson twins and Char John, um, great players in themselves. If we went out there and um, you know and went, oh, we're going to get drunk and party and not have a plan like. Um you know, like we have been doing um you know there was there would have been no win, and we would have just been letting them down um so yeah that was that was one of the things one of the whole reasons as a captain that I did that last year um was my two main reasons were just to prove that you know we can be serious um and to prove that we could win the series with only using Australian players and you know, and the skill is here, and the talent is sitting here. Um, it just takes up, you know, getting them together and getting the team um, to bond. And you know, like if if you had asked, um, you know, Carl's pretty easy going, but if you had asked Ben at the beginning of last year if we would gel as a team, he would have had doubts. Um, you know, as soon as we had our first training session and we sat down and and, it, you know, it was made really um, aware, especially by me, that we were in for the long run and we were there to do everything we had to do to, to win the series. Then, yeah, like, and um, it, it, it wasn't until, like, the second event that we actually started to, to gel as a team. Um, you know, the first event was just a fluke that we sort of even placed anywhere. Um but once we started moving as a team and now, you know, and now we're some of the best friends, um, you know, blokes could ever find and it's, you know, we're all, it, that's one of the great things about paintball. We're all from different walks of life. Some of us have drastically different views on life and, and life experience, politics, whatever, but in the middle when we're on the field or after we've been on the field together, Um, And especially with me, if you play on the team with me, doesn't matter where or for how long, you're pretty much one of my brothers. Um, And, like, not to make this segment any longer, but I take that way back. Um, One of the key moments I have in paintball is I was playing uh, a Super 7s event. Um, We ended up winning, but um, it was in Pro Division. It was for Firestorm. Um, back in the day, and we we're all using shockers and the blow up bloody pieces of velcro running across the field to each barricade that you were over. And um, I remember Shitters playing in front of me, and he'd move to a barricade that was like you know as he does, and as he did back then a lot better than he does now, which was you know him having to hold his asshole for 50 seconds and not move or he'd be shot. And there's three guns on him and there's a guy trying to run him down. And we're on the Dorito side. And I remember coming out on the tape side watching this guy about to step out and run down my brother. And I'm like, no, you don't. And then, you know, I sort of – he shot me back in. And I was behind my barricade not being able to see, thinking to myself, he's about to run down shitters, you know like he's about to get shot and something in my brain like me and you know we're very if, well everybody knows it so we're pretty against each other you know what I mean we're not the best of brothers we, we love to hate on each other but we love each other to death you know what I mean like um and and that helps the competition um but if you were to pick a fight I'd be like yeah cool but well, this is going to be fun I would never stop people and go, "I'm here for my brother." You know what I mean? Like I'd watch him get the shit kicked out of him, and then if you know if anything was unfair, I'd jump straight in. But if it's all fair and whatever, I'm not jumping in for my brother. He's big enough and enough for itself. Um, but so I'm sitting behind this barricade, thinking he's about to, you know, bunker my brother, and something in my head clicked, and a little voice, so to speak, sort of went. No, you fucking don't. And if anyone's going to bunker him, it will be me. And that was a massive turning point for my game. I went from, you know, playing paintball going, oh, what can I do? To going, you know, this mentality of you do not bunker my brother, not while he's in front of me. I'm not going to let that happen. And... You know, and of course, I, you know, came out on the field side and, you know, shot a few paintballs and then went back onto the tape and, you know, and held that guy back. And there was no way he was getting out of his barricade. And of course, shit has lived there and killed probably everybody on the field. And, and then, the next thing you know, um, we won that point and went on to win the day. But that mentality of that is my brother. That's what I take to every game that I'm playing. If you're in front of me, that's my brother in front of me. That's my brother beside me. And, you know, and you better bring your shit if you're coming to get him. You know, (laughs) I I will be shot before he will be. So, yeah, and, you know, and that's the mentality you've got to take on the field if, you know, no matter how drunk and how late you've been on the
1: night before. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Well, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, have some more chances to see you uh, act that out on the field um, yeah, this season. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, we're gonna I gotta have to wrap things up here, but uh, and I gotta run. But um, yeah, yeah, thanks a lot for, for sitting down and having a chat with us. And uh, it's it's good to you know have a look inside that your mind and see how you tick. It's, it's been great.
0: Yeah, no, thanks very much for asking me to do it. And- been a pleasure and thanks very much for doing all you do Scotty keep it up yeah. I love it
1: no, thank you and, and same to you uh, you're one of the nicest guys in the sport and always always there to lend an ear and have a chat so it's it's good to catch up thanks thanks a lot for sitting down with me
0: cool much appreciated mate
1: cheers thank you once again to Elmo for taking the time sitting down and having a chat with me I know the episode ran a little bit long but Elmo had some really good things he wanted to say and i just couldn't find it in my heart to stop him so i hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as i did so we've got some exciting things in the works coming up for you guys on the show hopefully soon if everything works out right we should have another event review coming up and we're also going to be moving into some coaching things Uh, trying to build better players and get some returning guests coming back on the show as well. So I'm throwing it out to all the listeners out there. If you guys had any questions that you wanted answered or, you know, any topics that you think we could cover on the show, some area of the game that you think you might want to learn about, just to give everyone an idea, we're going to start out with some field walking and then that's going to lead into formulating breakouts. We're also going to cover other things like new player drills, so if there's anything in that realm that you ever wanted covered or maybe you wanted us to go a little bit deeper into, just make sure you drop us a line and let us know and we'll add it to the pile of ideas. So the easiest way to contact the show is either via Facebook or search out Down Under Paintball. You can also hit me up via email. That's dupaintball at well, That is a wrap on another episode of Down Under Paintball and I'll see you next week.